welcome back. My name is Cody, and you are listening to Weekly EP. Weekly EP is a Berlin-based music podcast with guest musicians from all over the world who write and record a short album in one week. We listen and talk about how it was made. This is EP 28 with Fatboy Wilson and Old VAO Bones, currently based out of somewhere near the California coast. Their album was recorded on a farm and written in part on a hidden secret riverbank. A bunch of eclectic influences and fun true stories all come together to make a really nice record. We talk about how this record was made, as well as hiking, combining real and software instruments, and apocalyptic orange skies. As always, we'll do a short intro interview, listen to the new record, and then dive into the creative process of how the record came together in seven days. But first, here's a taste of that record. First question is, what are your names? Oh, I've been known as, I've been come to be known as Ernesto Gomez Morejon Reyes Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Lover Cat, a.k.a. Old Viejo Bones, a.k.a. Nacho Mento, a.k.a. Bo Daddy Bojangles, a.k.a. Jiggy Jiggy Ishmael, a.k.a. The Lucky Fucker. <laughs> and, and sitting with me here is... I'm Samoa Wilson otherwise known as Fatboy Wilson. Where was this EP recorded? The EP was recorded on a farm, a cannabis farm that we were working at currently during uh, this stage of the pandemic. Fatboy and I were both in Brooklyn back in mid-March, and we started taking these long walks to these cemeteries and uh, pull pull out something to smoke and have a little meditative time. Because there was a crazy time in New York, and I think we were both looking for some kind of mental rest, like you know the, the emotional load, coupled with like not knowing what was going to happen in the future. I I have a friend that has a cannabis farm. Um, we we both decided to kind of do something different and get out of New York, and we drove out to this farm. We call it uh, La Casita Escondida de la Costa Perdida. Uh, which out here it's the Lost Coast and Casita Escondida because it's very hard to get to. It's tucked away in a mountain. I won't tell you what town and I won't say mm-hmm, the name of, mm-hmm. of the friend, but she's referred to as La Comandanta. And, you know, I heard while I was in quarantine in the city, I had heard your show through my friend Jose Delhart and, and Aubin. And I thought, wow, wow what, a, what a challenge, like what a, what a crazy concept. And I really enjoyed their show, and I heard a few other of your shows, and I thought, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do it. And Jose encouraged me. 
Samoa and I have a connection. We, we, we have a good collaborative uh, partnership. Um, we like working on music together. But this weekly EP thing, totally different animal. We were like, okay, what are we going to do? If you compared the music on this EP to the kind of stuff you normally do, would you say that it is a similar sound or is it something that is more experimental or? Well, I think it's definitely typical of what me and Gomez do in terms of this, this band, Fatboy Wilson and Old Viejo Bones. But um, I consider myself primarily to be folk musician. We've we've historically done a lot of jug band music, uh, blues music, and original stuff, mm. protest music that we have written together. But generally, working within acoustic instruments that we were playing at the same time. Like yeah. he's playing an instrument and a harmonica, and singing when he's not playing a harmonica. I'm playing an instrument and singing. That was the extent of it. So then, because we had this computer, and um, we were listening to a lot of psychedelic cumbia when we're up in the field. We have this battery-powered radio thing, and mm. we're listening to psychedelic cumbia. We were listening to Reggae. juju. Yeah, we're listening to African juju. Um, high life. High life. And, um, nice. been okay. a long, um, lifelong admirer and uh, fan of that kind of music. So we were like, we're going to... We're going to add some stuff. We're going to add some sounds. Yeah. And that was really, 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 really fun. So then I think you and I had the exchange and said, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to record it on the farm. Right. So yeah. I made sure that I, I made sure that I updated my my equipment. So I got the mic, got this laptop with uh, with logic on it. And yeah, we, we learned all this on the fly. Both Samoa and I were like, we're like how does this work? <laughs> and, and, it, and it worked out. This is a question that both of you, I think, can answer. So it's a good one for like a duo. This is a silly question. This is, um, I think this might be my favorite uh, question. If you build what, who will come? So if you build blank, <laughs> who will come? Do we have to answer this now? <laughs> it's yeah, like ad libs. Yeah. <laughs> we have to find out what's, what's the question mark. Okay. Well, first of all, who do we want to come? Everybody, our friends. Okay. So if we want our friends, I mean, they'll, they already all want to be here. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if we pay for airfare, they will come. <laughs> Does that work? No, you got to, you got to build something. You got to oh, build something. If we build- oh, well, we need to build multiple small houses. Yeah. So if we built multiple small houses, but I would okay. say, I would say if we built a stage, they will come. A stage. Yes. Yeah. That's what, mm. that's what Jalopy Theater is all about. They built the stage. People went there. Same with Star Bar. Yeah. Shout out to Star oh. Bar. Star Bar in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And Jalopy Theater. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, hopefully stuff like that just happens more in general, even if slash when slash how things get back to normal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we just we, we just had to go through a, a period of fire preparedness and getting our, our bags ready in case we had to leave at a moment's notice because the fires up here were, were getting closer. And luckily, we averted that. Yeah. But the sky was red, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The skies were all like, uh, they call it apoc- apocalypse orange. <laughs> and like, there's still ash in the air. Yeah. And the air quality is questionable in some places. But uh Yeah. That, that's where we're at. Well, that's now. a that's a, an unfortunately um, appropriate setting then to 
introduce the record right on. because it's it's the title is preparing for the apocalypse right that's right uh do you want to say anything real quickly to introduce the record before we jump in oh um, uh i'll guess uh dedicated to all our friends and family dedicated to la comandanta mm-hmm. i'm dedicated to jq and Earthseed. yeah <laughs> I don't know if it's introductory or not, but we were we were listening to this science fiction novel on book uh, on tape. It was tape. an audio book. Yeah, it was an audio book. There you go. That we would hear over a, a, a radio. By Octavia Butler, who's a black science fiction writer. And I believe the book was published oh, in mm. like 1989. Yeah, Parable of the Sower. The Apocalypse, like it's already happened. And... Um, it's got some radical ideas. It's it's science fiction, but you know, science fiction and radicalism have long held hands. The heroine, uh, this young woman, creates her own religion, and um, in her religion, she says that God is change, and she says, mm-hmm. like, and I'm not trying to like tell everybody that they need to go out and start believing that. Just saying that's what her view is. She says God is change, and right. so we have to. Embrace change, work change, you know, change with and shape change. So that was uh, definitely one thing that um, influenced our thinking while while we were writing these songs. And an actual podcast that is called Preparing for the Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Where this lady in Minnesota, Uh she's a a mother of two children and uh, she was doing a podcast from her home and it was just all different kinds of things. It was like, you're just unexpectedly under attack and you find yourself in your office with four people or you find yourself in your home with your neighbor and a couple of strangers and some of your kids. What do you do? Like, how do you decide who's the leader? How do you decide who's going to do what? How do you, you know, how do you keep yourself safe? And of course it could get, could get Mm. very dark and getting negative, let's say. Yeah, build, Even, a, build a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's still, in a way, I, I mean, who could have predicted how freaking crazy things are getting and how much crazier they're getting rapidly? So, like, at a certain extent, that's why the EP is called Preparing for the Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> this is Fat Boy Wilson in Old Viejo Bones, Preparing for the Apocalypse. special kind of place there Wish you could bring all of your friends But you can settle for the best ones We can meet up at the Lost Coast Get lost on the Lost Coast Trail With mountain lions and bears You better wear some good hiking shoes You can leave behind your makeup When you're camping at the Lost Coast Hot and cold. Don't forget your toilet paper. Do I have to tell you twice? Don't forget your toilet paper. South End At a place called Uso Beach 
was a little jackass. You wanna pray to Mother Jesus when you get lost in the bramble. They will guide you and show you the light. I better not forget a headlamp. You gotta bring plenty of water when you're hiking at the Lost Coast. Some form of purification. Tablet or liquid drops. Do I have to tell you twice? You gotta bring plenty of water. After tonight, you can love and hate the Lost Coast. It's got a cool and spicy flavor. It'll make you fight for your life and remind you that you got one. Don't forget your toilet paper. Better bring plenty of water. Headlamp and hiking shoes and a bear bag for all of your food. Ya llegaron sus ricos y deliciosos tamales oaxaqueños. Acérquense y tiran sus ricos tamales oaxaqueños.
que la vida es corta Después el cielo A beber y a tragar Que el mundo se va a acabar A beber y a fumar Que el mundo se va a acabar Señor, compramos hierro viejo. Saque usted por ahí todos esos hierros viejos, esos hierros oxidados que le están estorbando. Sáquelos y nosotros se los venimos comprando. Hierros oxidados, láminas oxidadas, estufas, latas de aluminio, aluminio. Crying 
Yeah. 
Starting with track one, Lost Coast, which has a, some, a strong meaning to kind of where you guys are and kind of. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. But it's also it's also an actual coast. I looked up. It's like an actual hiking. Yes. Area, Lost Coast Trail. Right? Like it's, yeah. So the Lost Coast yeah. is this area to the to the west of us. We're, we're inland and the mountain regions. And then if you go out to the Lost Coast, still mountains, right? But it's all along this beautiful black sand, beaches, um, breathtaking cliff sides, uh, uh, tide pools, a lot of beautiful wildlife. And the Lost Coast Trail itself is is insane. <laughs> it's, it's insane, especially <laughs> for someone like me, like taking these walks with Wilson, that was like the start of me wanting to go hiking, right? And then you get here, and it's just hiking galore. And so the Lost Coast Trail is specifically, I think, really difficult for some people. It was certainly super 
difficult for me because I'd never hiked that far. I, I was lucky enough to have a friend that lives in Los Angeles and she wanted to take a trip up here. And uh, her name is Sue Meng. I love you, Sue. Sue, 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 Sue. And uh, so Sue Meng is, is an outdoor enthusiast and she always wanted to go on this leg of the Lost Coast Trail. And a great place to stop is, is Little Jackass Creek. And uh, it took me 11 hours to hike in this like really precarious trail. And some, you know, sometimes we were on a ledge that was like a dirt path, a dirt ledge that was maybe 18 inches wide or, or a foot wide. And we're walking with backpacks and there's like really thorny bramble and poison oak everywhere. <laughs> and you could get lost, you know, and wow. the Lost Coast song. Is, was inspired by it's my a true friend. story. It's a true story. It's inspired by my friend Sue because <laughs> she has a checklist. She's super prepared for everything, right? So she prepared me for the trip, and I we're here working on the farm, and like she showed up with a mask. But before we left, she's like, "Ern, did you bring your headlamp?" I'm like, "Oh, I left my headlamp on my bed. I'm sorry." And she's like, oh, "Okay, I have a spare headlamp. Did you bring toilet paper?" I'm like, "No, no, I didn't. I didn't bring any toilet paper." She goes. I how do you think you're going to go to the bathroom? I'm like, I don't know. Leaves? Like, I don't know. And she's like, all right, I got toilet paper. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like did you bring enough water? I'm like, um, and she had told me all this stuff in an email beforehand and in a phone conversation that we had, but I uh -huh. completely, like, I just very, I'm always very flippant with, with things when it comes to. Then she had to, she had to tell you oh, twice. She hooked me up and she had to tell me <laughs> twice. She's like, Aaron, do I have to tell you twice? And I'm like, yeah. shit, you know? But in the end, it was a, we had a, a blast. Yeah. It was such an amazing time and, and I thank her deeply for it. But yeah, true story, nice. that song. I think my note here is just, uh, what a fun hiking song. Yeah, yeah that was the point. <laughs> Which is, that was the uh, point. Not, not, a, not a great note, but it's, yeah. Uh, no, also, that was the I point. Mean, there's obviously a lot. More harmonica later too, but um, yeah. I really enjoyed the harmonica. It was nice to hear. Yeah, I think my favorite part is the whistles, right? The whistles was something that Samoa was doing while I was figuring out the song because I had come back from camping and I had the song in my head, right? So what I do is every once in a while, mm -hmm. if I'm not writing something down, I'll just do like a voice memo on, on the phone. Because in, in the insanity that ensued uh, during the hiking trip, my friend Sue would would start singing like she would say like some nonsense. She would just be like, doo, 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 you know, and like because she was delirious. She had slept three three hours the night before we went on the hike, and um, I was like, you know, like Sue, you you okay? <laughs> She's like, no, I'm delirious. It's okay though. This I do this because she usually hikes alone. <laughs> so now she's hiking with me, and I get to hear all oh, her okay. like inner inner mental workings. And uh, when we were returning is when we started to say things like Mother Jesus and uh, the antithesis of Mother Jesus is, is shit mother. And then we started to, to say things. So we started, we were making songs up along, along the trail coming back because we were so tired. We would, we would just make up some stuff mm -hmm. about, about people we met along the trail. And, and then after that trip, when Samoa and I were back here on the farm, I started, I had this tune in my head about being on the Lost Coast Trail. So that's where that came from. All right, nice. And the, I see here on the lyrics too that it's a, uh, there's a little note at the end that says harmonica plus kazoo. Oh, I think we were going to do kazoo on it and, and we didn't, no, there's no kazoo on it, but the, I think the reason why we ended up not Darn. doing kazoo was because we, 
She I just start- failed. I failed. No, in my no, part. no. You didn't fail in the kazoo part. Then was- I started whistling my kazoo part, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh yeah!" And we both whistled instead. Yeah, but the whistling just, is key. I just failed. Right. Like I was like, yeah. "This is not working. It's not good." <laughs> but the kazoo wasn't for that song. I don't. I don't remember the kazoo being. I was gonna song. do because I was gonna play kazoo on every song as far as I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then she discovered the qwerty. She discovered the qwerty keyboard and. Went, she went whole hog with mm-hmm. doing the bass on some of the songs and doing the synthesizer on some of it. So uh, some of the bass was recorded with the QWERTY keyboard for the notes? Yeah. Anything that you hear that was bass, right. it was that. There was some, I have a uh, like a djembe really? drum here, like a big djembe drum, a wood one, that mm-hmm. I, I play some of the percussion on that. Fatboy has her baritone ukulele. I have a guitar. And what else did we use? Oh, for some of the percussion, I used the cheese grater and a, and a whisk to make that. Okay, for so the second track, El Mundo, I, I might add a note that says, is that a washboard? But that oh, was yeah, a cheese no, grater. That's a cheese grater with, with a whisk, like an egg beater <laughs> whisk. Because we were looking for that sound. And, oh, that's you know, fantastic. The software instruments are, are good. You know, they're interesting for sure. But, you know, there's something about yeah. hu- the human element that you got to find uh, a way to record that. Because, in, and I would say some of these songs, we would probably try and record a live instrument instead of the QWERTY in some cases. Like, especially the percussion. Some of the percussion I, I did using the QWERTY, but I, a lot of times it left it left me wanting like a real drum or some bongos or like some other thing that I could use. And uh it was just faster to do it on the QWERTY because it was there already and we could go around and, and mess with it. And and you can mm-hmm. keep the beats, you know, like the beats stay there and you can edit the beats or repeat yeah. something if you wanted to. It's it's super user-friendly in, in, in that sense. And how did it come together this week this, when you were making this? What instrument do you start with or what? Yeah. This, even though it's the first song on the EP, it was actually one of the later songs to be completed to the mm-hmm. point where we could start recording it. And by that time we had figured out that I, for one, was not able to play with a click track. Like a metronome. Yeah. It, that's just not happening <laughs> for me. It's not happening, nowhere yeah. close to happening yeah. for me. So what we did, whoever like wrote the song and was gonna be singing it, would play it. Yeah, like a demo track. Just play it. Yeah. Don't worry if you mess up the words, don't mm-hmm. worry, like you're just playing it. You're getting it. So you have your intro, your verse, your solo, your chorus, your verse, your chorus, 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 whatever it is. We wrote up a map mm-hmm. and we got through it. Then went back and listened to yourself and you play just guitar with yourself. Then you get rid of everything. Okay. You listen yeah. to your guitar and you sing. Then it's clean and it's mm-hmm. two separate tracks. And yep. they're in time with each other. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. And then everything else we added. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because we only have one microphone, that's how it ended up going down. But yeah, right. it was a learning process okay. for sure. Um, and Samoa and I have never done this, you know, like we've never done it like this before. So now we have all these crazy ideas. Like we definitely want to do other stuff like this. I don't know. I think sky's the limit now. <laughs> like We're like, oh, what if we do this? And what if we do this? And uh, I, I'm happy to say that after we recorded um, this the CP, we listened to it like incessantly, like over and over again. We even had little <laughs> dance parties where we were just like, "Oh my god," you know. And uh, 
we had such a good time listening to it after we had done it. And, I, you know, I ain't patting myself on the back. I just, this is some of the funnest stuff that I've ever done. And I was happy to do it with Samoa. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we yeah. did this between trips to the river where we would bring our instruments and we would sit at the river and mess around with some stuff. And then we would come back here and lay down the tracks and, you know, we would eat and then drink and we would, uh, God, take mushrooms, <laughs> <laughs> smoke copious <laughs> amounts of Mary Jane and uh, drink lots of White Claw. <laughs> One night was mezcal, White Claw, shrooms and uh ping pong ping pong yeah that sounds like a great night <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to uh to track number two yeah and i'm gonna let you pronounce the name because i just don't want to butcher it but uh. <laughs> it's called el mundo se va a acabar and that comes from a, a okay. piece of artwork that i bought in oaxaca the, uh, there's a town called mitla Outside of Oaxaca City, long story short, I, I bought this piece of art at a collector's house, this antique dealer. And the, the painting was like on an old baking tray. And it was from the late 1950s. Someone had painted it. And uh, it's a skull with a chef hat on, right? This, this skull chef, uh, skeleton chef. And above his head, it says, A beber y a tragar que el mundo se va a acabar which means uh, to drink and to swallow because the world is going to end. Eat and drink to your heart's delight that the world's going to be over, yeah. Yeah, eat, drink, and be merry for we're all about to die or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly, it's exactly the same concept. So that became this song. The intro to that song is a guy selling uh, tamales, you know, Oaxacan style. And then there's also a thing at the end where this is a field recording that I do because sometimes I hear stuff and I have to voice memo it. And that uh, the end is uh, a scrap metal collector. And so he goes around and announces to the neighborhood that if you got any scrap metal, bring it out. Old iron, old whatever, like just bring it and like, you know, that's what that, that second part is. And let's, you hear this kind of stuff in Mexico. You're just, you know, it's, it's another world because you don't hear that stuff in, in New York. So, yeah, here it just seemed kind of apropos to yeah. put that in there just because it seemed like, I don't know. That that song is sort of apocalyptic. It's kind of like hopping on a freight train and just like trying to stick with it. <laughs> so it was very, the <laughs> verse to the chorus was like really, really free form. And the song can go for three minutes or it can go for 30 minutes. I just really enjoyed this song. I mean, it, it had a lot of great energy in it. And uh, as I had mentioned earlier, it had some really nice harmonica, of course, again. I had to use uh, Google Image Translate to uh, kind of oh, get a did it translate the, ly- the, ta- translate but, the uh, lyrics for you? <laughs> it's funny. It tried to translate some of the chords that are on the lyrics. It would try to translate some of those as well. Yeah, we, we had fun writing these lyrics down. I think part of the process for us was okay. Let's write all the lyrics down on these big pieces of paper, and then I started pinning them on the wall. And just so that we can be like, okay, what? Because we had like seven or eight songs in mind. And Samoa is like super duper drill sergeant. She's just like, okay, but what five songs (laughs) are the closest to being ready? Because those are the ones we should focus on. And I was like, I was like, yes, sir. You know? And uh, so I I did do that. And it was good. It It was a fun process to write out the lyrics because... She's writing down her lyrics. I'm writing down my lyrics. 
I'm lo- looking over at her lyrics to see how far she got. And I'm like, oh, I can't let her beat me. And I go back to my... <laughs> I have I have a competition thing with with Wilson. Well, it's really funny because the first day that we formally said, "Okay, tomorrow we're gonna start," and on that day we sat down at this big we at the ping pong table because that's the table. We sat down at the ping pong table, across from each other, and started writing like just started writing songs. And then also, we're one thing that maybe we didn't mention is that we're both visual artists as well as being musicians. And mm-hmm. Gomez mm-hmm. has been here before, and there's a huge black and white mural on the wall. And then we had these big sheets, big, big, big sheets of paper that we wrote the words on and the chords and the, you know, all the, all the information. Yeah. So um, that we could all play it together so we could and look we at pin it. those up in front of like right onto his mural that's already black and white. And it just, it was very pleasing visually at the same time as being extremely necessary organization. Speaking of those words, I just wanted to read out quickly the, um, the Google translation of the image. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Uh, to drink and swallow that the world waka in. Waka in, okay. Drink and smoke that the world is going. Um, Asabar, Akabar, or what, 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 the last one. Akabar, uh, yeah, Akabar. Uh, it, and don't be afraid because you are not alone. You have your friends in the chicken bar. Yes. <laughs> La barra de pollo. There's a bar in Oaxaca called Pollos. And mm-hmm. you go to this bar and it's, yeah. it's, you would imagine it would be like a dimly lit, like kind of bar, but no, you go in, that shit is lit up like crazy. There's lights, like it's like you're in someone's living room that has fluorescent mm-hmm. lights above your head. And, and double tall ceilings yeah. full of giant rococo framed portraits of the bar owner and his family and mexican movie stars <laughs> and it's just really really Fantastic. really far out in there yeah so the bar is called boyos that sounds like a good bar it yeah, is yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh what does the rest of it say Let's um, one. it says and don't have a pity because that dark one takes off your clothes and dance naked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So, so I say, you know, tenga pena, which means don't be embarrassed. Porque está oscuro because it's dark. Quítate la ropa, which is take off your clothes. Y baila desnudo, dance naked. I like, I like okay, that translation. So not, that's not too bad. No, it's very close. I'm uh, shocked. And then, uh, and then the last one is, and my mother, God, doesn't trust that life is short and after, and then it's, the last word is complete nonsense in the mm. translation. Yeah, it's because I think it's just. Well, I there. think it just. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The chord, the chords mess it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, "Y mi madre dijo," which is my mother. She says, "No confía en nadie," which means don't trust anyone. Que la vida es corta, life mm-hmm. is short. Y después el cielo. Y después el cielo means, and then after you live, you go to heaven. So after after life, there's okay. death. Y después el cielo, which I I heard a priest say at my godfather's uh funeral he the priest was Mm. was saying he was 103 years old and he's there in his coffin and the priest says that la vida es corta y después el cielo and i was like ah like in my head i was like man i gotta remember that because like so i wrote it down and then i used it on the song Mm. but my mom my mom does tell me not to trust anyone (laughs) because life is short and I always look at my mom, I'm like, okay, mom, I'm not going to trust anybody. All right, that's fine. And then years later, you're like, 
uh, alone and sad, and your mom's like, "Why are you so sad all the time? Why have, don't you have any friends?" And it's like, well, "Mom, you told me." So it's like, "Son, you really need to have some friends. You really need to, you know, you really it's need like, to get out there." I didn't mean to take it that literally. It's like, "Well, I didn't know that." You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's move on to song three, two. Uh, that's a terrible way to, to say that. Let's move on to song three as well, which is All Things Pass. And I had written down in my notes another sad but optimistic song. It's sort of, I mean, parts of the lyrics as well, it kind of feel as if they're talking about, really, if I'm not misremembering, I mean, I'm actually going to open it up to make sure, but yeah, like because it, it it like it has the walking down 14th Street. I was feeling fine thinking about the new love of mine or a new friend of mine. Sorry, and then um, the hey foolish person, mm-hmm. uh, let your heart be still. You know, like it's sort of like a lot of sort of double thinking things or rethinking things or like the devil on the shoulder. It seemed to me, but then also it was just sort of like all things pass. You know, all things basically come and go, the good and the bad. Well, the song was an exploration of a summer that I had where a really good friend of mine ended up moving in with me. And she was real down on her luck, and um, I was real down on my luck. And we used to, uh, we're we're yoga buddies, me and her, and uh, we used to quote this uh, scripture to each other, which is discussed in the the bridge of the song. Sean to (laughs) David. In the 8th century, this guy, this, this uh, yogi, philosopher, wise man, wrote this one, wrote one passage, and it says, If there is a cure, what good is suffering? If there is no cure, what good is suffering? So I changed it a little bit to make it fit into the um, mm. song, but we used to say that to each other to, you know, reassure each other and bolster each other as trouble after trouble descended upon us. Mm. And I always meant to write something about it in terms of just noticing, just noticing like that our emotions fluctuate so much and things that we get real attached to or ideas that we get real attached to or plans or people, you know, the unexpected happens. And, um, that's one of the things that I tell people when I'm, cause I'm a yoga teacher, when we're in a position, we're in a posture and it's very uncomfortable. And I say, you know, mm-hmm. just remember that we're going to like, we're not going to be in this position in two or three breaths. And I feel like I try to remind myself that like, when I feel like I have to quit my job or I have to cut somebody out of my life or, you know, I have to make some kind of big change because right. I just can't yeah. stand it anymore. And then I try to remind myself, like, it's actually not going to last. Like, you think that this is going to be forever because you're experiencing Mm -hmm. it, but it's not going to last. So that's what the song's about. It's an exploration of that. We were listening to a lot of Bob Marley and Kalanazi. Just, we were listening to stuff that had a lot of that kind of like Rasta, reggae, um, drum beat. Mm Mm-hmm. I could definitely hear a little bit of that in there. It was it was a strange sound the first time I heard the song, uh, in a good way, but just kind of an unusual one of a little bit of a roster reggae kind of vibe, but also feeling like it was a song coming from like a small southern town. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like a like a southern American town. You know, like 
Yeah, we definitely mixed um, up influences like, with this album and these songs because we we were listening to a lot of different things and being like, oh, we want to do, well, let's do a cumbia. And we were like, but it's more like this. And then it would, it would end up being both, you know? Some of these songs ended up being more than one influence. Mm-hmm. It ended up being several influences, like an amalgam of, of different songs that we would have heard or that we remembered or that we would talk about. She would actually tell me, like, we, were, we recorded that song first and we sketched it out and we didn't have the recording parameters set right. And it sounded very different the first time we recorded it. And we listened to it again and we were like, all right, let's start over and we're going to do it like this now. And then once I started figuring out the software instruments and, you know, the differences between the types of tracks, um, we were like, okay, yeah, let's, let's lay this down. Let's lay this down now. And then there were some times where we were getting like rowdy and, you know, drinking and smoking <laughs> so much and listening to stuff that we'd get so excited. And then, and then she'd, she'd be like, all right, dude, I'm going to bed. I'm like, okay, yeah, me too. Me too. And then I get in the room and I <laughs> sit in front of the, yeah. the computer and I have my headphones on. And I'm just like, oh, what if I do this? And I start doing stuff on top of what we recorded. And then later the next day, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, listen to what I did. And then, she, and then I'm like, but tell me if it's too much. And so she goes through the editing process of being like, no, get rid of those two tracks. It sounds muddy. Like, okay, how about we mm-hmm. just this? And I'm like, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> to this day, I think well, there's, there's certain songs yeah. that we want to change or, or add something different to it. But we we, sure, we yeah. agreed. We were like, okay, the week is up. You know, we we this is it. And then we finished it. <laughs> and then we listened to it a bunch of times and danced a bunch of times to some of the songs. Well, I feel like it's a a very exciting and kind of rare luxury to get a lot of ecstatic joy from your own music. Yes. Obviously, you know, you can finish a song and and think oh, this is really nice, or like, I think I did a good job, or I think you know, this is a nice song, or you can be proud of it. But I think to either get the feeling, just because you're so intimate with the whole process of creating it, mm-hmm. but to like get the feeling or to allow yourself to express that feeling of wanting to dance or wanting to sing aloud to your own song, I think is a, is a, is a, a really fun kind of rare experience, at least for me. But, you know. Yeah, I really agree. Yeah, I agree too. This was a unique experience for me because usually the recording process on on my end is is record a live album. Everyone's in the room recording at the same time, and and then that's it. Then the album's done, and then someone takes the tracks, masters them, does whatever, and then boom, that's the album. Yep. This this was very different because we developed and wrote and went in and edited and did all the stuff that normally someone else would do for us. And then also just, you know, to, to be, to be playing on the QWERTY keyboard and having fun doing it. So this song has an organ sound on it. Oh, that's my organ. Yeah. That was my organ. No, that was my, that was the QWERTY, but I, I played that. I, we had to, cause, okay, cause okay. I don't play piano, neither this. So Samoa. that was your organ part, but yeah, it was, it was the, the QWERTY organ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with an effect with also like an, a reverb effect on it. It's uh You got to put reverb on an organ. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> like a dry organ. It's just why, why would you have that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we had listened. We had been listening to some Bob Marley. And... So yeah, oh, yeah, we 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 finally got like the ukulele, the vocal, the backup vocal, and then Gomez did his backup vo- vocal. And 
I was trying to do that organ part and I just, it was beyond me. I just, I just was not, I was just making too many mistakes. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bed. And then I hear him in here and he basically did it like in one pass looking at, cause I wrote L L J G L L J G J J H G H G H H G. Those are like the letters on the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, that's how like much I don't write music or read music or, you know, play, play a piano, but that's what I was. So he just like, I heard him in, in here in the other room. I heard him doing it. I staggered out of bed and I was just like so <laughs> ecstatic that he got this, like, it's like a little hesitant and because it's the organ, it says this quavering thing and there's something about it that's like so it's like naive in a way that it, it's just really very, very beautiful. I was like, I think tears came to my eyes. I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. Oh. I was going for the, I was going for a church organ. You know? <laughs> like if I was, if I was like an old dude playing the church organ, you know, I was going for that. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a music video for this, it would be uh, set in some, some small town in Alabama in like 1957. Mm -hmm. And you'd be walking down this like the little town's you know main street and then when that comes up in the song like the doors would open to a little church yeah yeah and you the know, chorus like, is the singing which all things out of the church. pass away yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah that's a good yeah, exactly. video concept that's a good video because this is a good segue to the next song because <laughs> the next song river shaper right Track number four. I had, yeah, track number four. I had an idea for a music video for this song. Because this song I did, is okay. my favorite song of the album. And the reason why it's my favorite song is because it literally got written from multiple trips to the river and from working in the garden uh, where all the flowers are and listening to Parable of the Sower and also being in this crazy, you know, the, the fires up here right now are, are devastating and, and really terrifying. Um, we've been lucky that, that mm -hmm. the fires didn't get, you know, we were at least like 20 miles or, or like 15, 20 miles from the closest fire, but that, that stuff evolves, you know, the, the fires, if the wind picks up, then who knows? You have to, you have to evacuate at a moment's notice. So we were on a, we were on a warning for evacuating. And if you got an evacuation order, that mean you that means you gotta go. Just grab the bag mm -hmm. that you have that you're supposed yeah. to have prepped and get the hell out of Dodge because the fire is is out of not under control and it's gonna it's gonna catch you. So we got lucky. But just last week the sky was a, this apocalypse orange and we were working with people in the field on the on the mountainside and we were listening to these these podcasts and listening to this book and um you know, they were they were getting ready to leave too, and they were worried about the fires, and so it, it just made sense. Later on, we we're talking about uh, making a video for this song because I was so like, whenever this song plays in the car, I'm always like acting out all all my singing parts. So I do lots of like, you know, hand motions, <laughs> pantomiming, <laughs> pantomimes, you know, I mess around and, and I was and, just like, and interpretive dancing. Yeah. 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 And, and like, I, I imagine myself, I imagine her in the foreground, like her face, like kind of half cut off singing the lyrics and me in the background doing the backup vocals, but like 
you know, the background would be like these dunes out here, right? Um, up in Eureka and Arcata, there's, mm-hmm. there's these beautiful dunes that you can go to. And, and you have to climb, you have to walk down some trails, beautiful trails. And then you, you get to this area that's a steep hill of sand. And you have to climb up the steep hill of sand. There's a rope and some posts that allow you to like pull yourself up. But then when you get to the top of that hill, you're just like sand everywhere. It looks like you're in the Sahara. And it's and and there's a beach wow. um, on the other side of that of those dunes, but it's it's a long journey through this this sandy wasteland. But I was imagining the, a video, a music video of me like walking through the sand and doing all the backup parts, and uh, then also going to the river. <laughs> and uh, the song's all about the river, basically. And she she wrote it here, and and she was like, "Remember that Saturday Night Live skit with Chris Farley." And he's like, you'll end up in a van yeah. down by the river. <clears throat> and she she had thought of using that and then like ended up using it the way she did. It was, was brilliant. And then. Yeah. I, <laughs> and that was just, one of the notes I had for sure. It's just, uh, I love that line. You'll end up in a van down by Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not by the river, just, by Chris Farley. Yeah. I think a lot of people of a certain age mm-hmm. will know exactly what that means right away. <laughs> and some people won't. Some people oh, yeah. will be like, who's But that's, a, that's social yeah. commentary right there. Um, <laughs> you know, when that Saturday Night Live skit came out, it was like, oh, ha, 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 what a terrible thing to end up like this guy. Yeah. In a, like, and now it mm-hmm. just seems like such a dream, like a dreamy thing to be able to. Yeah, we want a van down I by the river. I hope I end up in a van down by the river. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> the river out here is, is uh, such a thing of beauty. We go to this river and it's, Meditate. I have a swimming routine. We go. We go to different different river spots. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, but I think that that river versus, like, say, the East River. Right. Oh no, no, you yeah, know, totally different, totally the- different. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds much better. Much better <laughs> river to have a van next to. Oh, I also I also wanted to say that I assumed it was a beer can opening at the beginning, but I think that that's probably a white a white claw. It yes, is. It is. Oh, there's. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this. This uh, beverage. We are not. We are not sponsored. We're by not. White we're claw. not sponsored. Yeah. But let me tell you something about this beverage. Have you ever had white claw? I never have. No. Um, okay. All the other flavors. I only recently suck. even knew that it existed. Yes. The, the, the best flavor is the ruby red. Grapefruit. Although, you know, you might like the other flavors. I don't know. But Wilson came here and was insistent on drinking these White Claws. And I had never drank. I mean, my 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 family, my sisters love White Claw. But no mercy when we go to the grocery store. If, if there's any White Claw Ruby Red Grapefruit, it's gone. We buy all the cases. <laughs> <laughs> we have coolers with it here. They're like Because we, we can't take up room in the refrigerator. So we have coolers. That content that hold our all our white claw. Yeah, we might have a white claw after this interview. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, feel free. <laughs> Samoa's idea was the 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 sound of the white claw because you know we would we would open a can and we toast to each other. There's other stuff related to the white claw that I won't get into, but it's definitely been the the drink of choice out here on the farm. The white claw is even part of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you got to bring it down. To keep, the, the, keep your white claw cold. You got to bring your ice container. Yeah, because <laughs> the journey's long across the Stony River. Yeah, true story. Right. That's right, yeah. that's right. We go to a special spot we call, <laughs> we call Miami Beach because uh, 
it's like got a sandy bottom and it gets real deep. And so we just call it Miami Beach because we can lay mm. out there and it's super nice. But um, to get there, you have to really know where it is. You have to walk down the river bank till you get there. And uh, you have to cross the river twice to get to this special spot on Miami Beach. And when, you, when you get there, you want a cold drink, I guess. Yeah. So that oh, yeah. makes sense. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like with this one, we, we stretched out uh, more than we did on the rest of them. And originally I had said, okay, let's, let's have it be a cumbia, but I can't really play. I can play along if somebody else is playing a cumbia, but I can't like keep a cumbia rhythm going. Um, and uh, sorry, just for, 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 for me and, uh, for my benefit and anyone else that doesn't know what a, a cumbia is, can you just explain that a little bit too? Oh yeah. Cumbia is, you hear it a lot in Mexico and in South America comes from Colombia, but also, you know, the Amazon and Peru and Ecuador. And, and then in Mexico, there's cumbias and Mexican bands will play a cumbia sometimes as part of their repertoire. It's not only <clears throat> a, a kind of music, but it's also a dance. Yes. It's, there's a cumbia dance. It's a dance. really, really, uh -huh. really fun okay. dance music. Yeah. Much like salsa or much like merengue, like uh, cumbia has its, okay. has its uh, rhythm. Like it's usually like a dum, good dum, and and, okay. and it's okay. played a lot. It's a folks, it's a folk music, really. Cumbia, cumbia goes, you know, it's it's a really old style of band music, and it's known as dance music. But now there's psychedelic cumbia, which is the bomb. And uh, if you look up psychedelic cumbia, you'll you'll find some good, some good stuff online for psychedelic cumbia. And there's and there's bands now that are that are. I noticed anyway that there's bands in New York that are playing more cumbia music, uh, live cumbia music, and uh, you know they get into the whole psychedelic side using electric guitars and electric synthesizers and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a fun dance music for sure, which we've danced to several times and listened to that music in on the in the garden. You know, it's something that I. I can dance to, I can sing to, I can play along with, but to be the lead on something that has a very specific time signature, it was it was a little beyond mm -hmm. me. And Gomez was like, "Hey, it's probably just a reggae. Like, let's let's do it this way. It's a little bit more chill." But I had this idea in my head, even though as a musician or as a recording engineer, I I, I don't know how to make it happen, and I couldn't even play it on the baritone. I couldn't play it on the ukulele rhythmic i could sing it at the right tempo but rhythmically what i'm playing changes it into something else that it wasn't it didn't have like this toothy thing that i wanted it to have yeah and then finally mm. maybe this was the third day of recording or the fourth day of recording gomez had figured out how to use how to like get a bass and play a bass and i was like okay so here's the chorus it's going to be really dramatic and it's going to go like this Bah! Bah, bah, bah. And I was like, totally not even trying to she sound good, she but I was it, just man. like, it has to be really heavy handed here. Yeah. And then <laughs> we decided that that it was like, oh, okay, that is. So, she so then we, we went through and did the bass. I did the bass just on the choruses, one after another. It's not mm -hmm. even the same I like that, thing. Yeah. When it came in on the chorus parts, it really added this, you know, if it was a live music in a room, it really kind of the room oh, started. Yeah thumping or jumping oh yeah when the that room, bass came people in. would be like yo wait for that bass drop and then when that <laughs> to me when that bass drop hits in the car i'm always like ah, 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 
<laughs> so great. And that was the other thing is that when we were at the river figuring out the song, we were playing it. And so there was people listening to us down, down river. It's usually sparsely populated. But there were people listening to us. And we were playing it like a reggae first. Because when she would say, I smell like the river, I imagined in my head someone in the background saying, well, actually, what happened was she was, listening, she was playing it out here on the porch, which is outside of my room. And she was, I didn't know she was recording it like on a voice memo thing. So as she was recording mm -hmm. it, you could hear me in the background say, when she would say, I, 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 I smell like the river. In the background, I was going, I smell like the river in my room. And then she recorded it. I didn't realize. <laughs> and then later on, she was like, you got to do that. You got to do that. And I was like, all right, yeah, we'll do it. That's where that came from. I was wondering, because it's like a very different style of backup vocals than anywhere else on the EP. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I want, I want to do the music video now. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to be in the video unless I can wear a pig mask. And they said, okay, you can wear a pig mask in the video. And I said, awesome. Okay. So we'll have to see how that works out. <laughs> I can't help but now imagine that music video. I think it's... Uh, oh, it's coming. I think it's I think coming. that's amazing. <laughs> but I will say the other thing about doing this album is that since we're so used to playing acoustically together, now that we did this album to go back and play these songs acoustically, right? Because ideally we would need a band, but we could also mm -hmm. go back and just play this as a duo acoustically and just the parts will be different, but we'll try and keep like the essence of the song the same. And I think we can, it's just, you know, there's things, normally I play harmonica, <laughs> guitar, and, and I'll do backup singing or, or sing a song, read a song. But in this case, there was so much stuff going on no, we don't know who the hell is going to be playing, you know, synthesizer <laughs> or, or, you know, doing some of the hand mm -hmm. percussion. It'll be fun to, to figure it out acoustically now, like go backwards and, and do it all just with uh, regular instrumentation. I always loved that kind of thing, though. I always loved seeing bands, especially bigger bands, you know, that would have to sort of, for whatever reason, be forced to strip it down to like the very bare essentials. You know, they have like, you know, all these stacks of amps and effects pedals and suddenly you're like, well, can you still make a song that sounds good with just an acoustic guitar and like a stick in a box? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, okay, so the final track on the record is uh, Yayabo. Am I pronouncing that right? Correct. Yayabo. Yayabo? Yeah, yeah. Yayabo's... Uh, Yayabo. This is our take on a, a very old song uh, that comes from Cuba. And uh, I'll let, I'll let uh, Wilson tell you more about it because she did some research. But Yayabo is, is a song that I remember listening to. And a, and a friend of ours um, that lives up in Riverdale in the Bronx, we went and did a show with him at ABB. And Beal Bacht is the name of the, the bar. In Riverdale. And so we had a mm -hmm. Fat Boy Wilson Old Viejo Bones show up there. And my friend Nikki Enright, uh, aka DJ Lightbolt, reminded me about the song. He's like, yo, let's do Yayabo. So he starts playing it on a drum. And it's usually just a song that we would we would chant. And uh being up here, we liked playing the song because it, it has a it has a, a chant chorus. Like you just you've got to say the words. And being here, we we realized that Yayabo meant Yayabo is like saying Fulano in, in Cuba. It's like saying uh, uh, Mr. So-and-so, like, uh, like Joe Schmo, you know? Oh, okay. 
And Yabo, where, where does it come from, Wilson? Well, yeah, Yabo is the name of a river and of a bridge in Cuba, which, as far as I could tell, is not was neither one of them was particularly so famous, but just started referring to guys from that town, from that area as Yayabo. And that, the only other place that I could find that term, Y-A-Y-A-B-O, um, was in um, an article about some, some Cuban guys uh, that were on a baseball team in New Jersey. And they were from that hmm. area and they referred to themselves as Yayabo. So we were already okay. referring to Yayabo as if he was a particular person. I kind of thought that uh, Yayabo was um, an Orisha, one of the... One of the uh, uh, she thought it was a Cuban Orisha, uh, uh, Santeria. Yeah, I thought it was a, a god or a, you know, a, a mythical uh, okay. being. And that's what I was thinking of well, him. I was kind of wondering that too, yeah. I was thinking of him like, you know, like Paul Bunyan or a, a legendary rural character. And so... Um, I had heard the song yeah. totally, uh, I had heard the song as well on a compilation, um, many years before and always really loved it. And when Gomez and Nikki started playing it, I was like, what? I've never heard anybody else sing or play this song. I've only heard this little kind of weird, obscure, what I thought of as obscure, maybe it's not recording. And so I started singing I, mm -hmm. only the chorus. It's the only part that I know. Is the chorus, Ya Yabo, Ya Salio. He left, he's out, he went out. So I was singing it with them. And then as soon as me and Gomez got here, we were saying, Oh, Ya Yabo's gonna do this. Oh, Ya Yabo's gonna do that. And so we started, he, Gomez will just like sing all day long in the field. And so he's there in his big giant straw hat that's as wide as his shoulders. And he's wearing a, a Cuban long sleeve shirt because the sun is too hot. You can't like be in a tank top in shorts and there's scratchy stuff mm. everywhere. It's like, don't wear a lot of clothes. So he's like fully dressed right, in this right. big old hat singing about Yayabo. And eventually we, he came up with the poetry for three original verses using this chorus that we both know. So in the beginning, Yayabo's, it starts off by saying, Tu que me decías que Yayabo no salía más, which means like, you, I thought you told me Yayabo wasn't going out anymore. And it repeats. And then the, the last line is, Yayabo está en la calle con su último detalle y su ritmo singular. And sing igual. And, and that just means that, well, you know, Yayabo's in the street, man. And, you know, he's out there with his like yeah. fine details and his like singular, you know, his, his unique rhythm. And then they say, ah, Yayabo, yeah, salió. And now Yayabo left. I don't know if you did a Google Translate for this, but I think it would be funny. So it's uh, what you told me that Yayabo doesn't come out more. Mm -hmm. Already 80 is on the street with its last detail. Mm -hmm. It's unequaled rhythm. Ah, uh, uh, Yayabo already came. <laughs> 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 that's good that's good and so the courses were were stuff that that we were doing here so we were going to the we were going to the beach and and smoking and you know spiritually relaxed and then we also were working in the fields with our hats our, our garden hats and we're working till the end till the end of our shift and then the other one is he's at the river collecting 
wood and natural materials because like we we do a bunch of land art out here well we have been doing some land art out here where we take driftwood or we've been taking stones and and laying things out on the ground and it's all very temporary but the process of doing it is super duper meditative and it, it makes makes you kind of wired um when when you're in the midst of doing something during a hiking trip or whatever uh, or if you get to go out somewhere and you can just be chilling there for a good amount of time you start to want to collect like a nice looking rock that you found. Uh, like recently, mm-hmm. Samoa collected a bunch of mud, a bunch of clay, like special, like this beautiful gray clay from this beach we went to. What's the name of that beach? Black Sands Beach? No, Baker's Beach. Baker's Beach. Baker's Beach out here. But there's, there's so many beautiful places out here that, you know, like it's so, it's super inspiring. So we were just kind of recounting like the, you know, uh, as like we are, we're all Yayabo, you know, we're all Yayabo. So like we're talking about what we were doing out here. Yeah. That's the great thing about this song is I think, it, you know, Yayabo can be anywhere. So probably could be anyone. Yeah. If we end up in Japan again, Yayabo is going to go to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, uh, you know, the, that gnome that travels the world. <laughs> oh yeah. People take photos. Oh of yeah. Yes. From uh, Amelie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice way to end it too. This song, I think more than the other ones, I, I struggled personally with the rhythmic portion just because I, I, it's definitely like a rumba and it's definitely, you know, we're, we're adding guitar to it. So then it, it takes on a different, a different time signature. I wish I had all hand percussion for it and I didn't. So like, that's something I would, I would probably go back in and mess around with is add more hand mm-hmm. percussion and, and do more layering. Cause if you hear some of the, you know, we're also listening to like Muñequitos de Mantanzas here, which is like a, a rumba band from Cuba, famous. And to listen to them sing, and it's just them singing and, and playing percussion. And it's really great. But I would want to add some of that mm. to, to this song. Would, would like uh, hand drums or what kind of instruments would you want oh, to yeah. add? No, I'd go the full Cuban, full Cuban treatment. I'd had in, you know, bongos and congas. <laughs> and, you know, I was happy with the hand drum I have here. And I probably could have played this little... Brazilian drum that I have that's a little hand drum that usually you play with a stick that I can hit it beat it with your with my fingers but you know I could have taken a bucket and done done a bunch of other stuff but just you know, it's always fun to get those <laughs> distinctive sounds out of out of like a, a different type of drum because it, it kind of you can hear it you know it, it, it'll it'll carry through um, a recording especially since you're layering it and it's typically like a different rhythm that is complementing another rhythm. So now that we've done this, it's like, like I said, sky's the limit. We do now we're going to be all going nuts, but you know, Wilson t- had, yeah. me t- had me tone it down because I kind of went a little crazy and she definitely was like, no, <laughs> like get rid of those two tracks. Like that, you, know, you don't need that. And I was like, okay, okay. okay. But yeah. You can definitely do the hand, the, do the, the organic um, acoustic rhythms for the, the next uh, Yayabo adventure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she was the one that said, Just, oh, uh, you need reverb on that, on that harmonica. Because usually we, we play the song mm. acoustically, and she was like, oh, no, add, add some reverb on there. I'm like, okay. And then I tried one reverb. She's like, no, add another one. I kind of like that one. And then we did another one. She's like, mm, that one's good. And then like we start messing around like that. <laughs> but then also you can spend a lot of time just doing that instead of playing music or writing music, you know? So it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think... <laughs> I think if we could record it live, I, 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 we will, you know. But 
it's, it is fun playing yeah, yeah, a QWERTY uh, uh, synthesizer. That that is uh, that's a ton of fun. And doing yeah. the percussive parts, like all oh, like like some of the Lost Coast percussion. I would say most of the Lost Coast percussion was was QWERTY. El Mundo Se Va Cabal was that was all hand percussion. Um, and then All Things Pass, mostly hand percussion. Mm-hmm. And then the River Shaper was uh, was a mix. Uh, I don't know if that had a lot of percussion. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I had the hand percussion in that mostly because when that bass drops, I'm also I'm also adding the uh, djembe drum I have here, and it's very deep. So I'm going boom, 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 boom in that song mm. with the drum, and that's what's adding to the bass. And then Yayabo was a mix. Yayabo, when I didn't like all the QWERTY percussion, I, I started putting in hand percussion and it helped me get past like the point where you're just like, no, this song's not ready yet. And I, I just added more hand percussion and mm-hmm. felt better about it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, just add a little bit more hand percussion and uh, the song will be finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. But, yeah, I'm almost um, done. I'm almost done. <laughs> Just one more thing. <laughs> Let me try recording in a different section of the room real quick. Let me just like. No, don't give me any yeah, ideas. Don't um, give me an idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm really happy that you guys had a good experience. <laughs> yeah. 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 We really did. Someone's not going to, someone's going to have a terrible experience and that's going to be interesting, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a great time, Cody. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, how can how can people find more of your musics, your various musics or your projects? What is what are the, what are the um, fastest and, and best ways for you guys? Well, um, you know, we're uh, Fat Boy Wilson and Obdiaho Bones on Jalopy Records. Uh, you, you can find Jalopy Records on Bandcamp or do a search mm-hmm. for Jalopy okay. Records. Uh, again, we're, we're part of the Jalopy Theater and School of Music in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And we do a show at the uh, Star Bar and we do a show at uh, the Windjammer um, in, in uh, Ridgewood, uh, Queens. And you could find us on Bandcamp. Also, SamoaWilson.com. Is that right? SamoaWilson.com. Samoa has a, has a website. She's, she's done some other music projects and she's in a band called The Four O'Clock Flowers with uh, Ernie Papa Vega. And she plays in various other duos and does her own thing. And what else should I be saying about uh, You have another band called the Brotherhood of the Jug Band Blues that uh, also has a record on Jalopy Records. That's right. Uh, and also shout out to Fraternal Order of the Society Blues, which is Jeremiah Lockwood who also knows Jose very well, and Dirty Red, uh, Ricky Gordon. Um, shout out to them. Uh, yeah, and uh, I feel like um, that's the easiest way to find us. We're also on Instagram. You know, we got stuff on Instagram as uh, Samar Wilson, which is uh, at Momo Chica, and I'm at Ernesto.LoverCat.Gomez. And also Bro Jug Blues is on Instagram, where, you know, I usually put music... Uh, based stuff on there and then artwork stuff is on the other one but uh yeah that's that's where you can find us fat boy wilson and old viejo bones the best thing for us i think was that we had never done this before we've recorded before with other people and done albums and it's just very different uh very different approach very different experience than i've never ever listened to recordings that 
that I've done before and like them as much as I like these songs because these songs are just <laughs> like such a labor of love coupled with like you know our our experiences here and what's going on in the world and you know for us it was it was like this uh there this like you know little mini therapy session and at the same time we're, we're being creative and like we're getting to and we had the time off, so we got to go to the river and then come back and record and eat good food and smoke lots of weed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, have, we had a good time. Well, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right. I, gotta, I think, I'm, <laughs> I think I gotta go to bed. I think we're done. I think we're done. <laughs> um, I know. We gotta go back to work. All right. Yeah. Enjoy those white claws as well afterwards. Oh, yeah. This is great. And uh, I really do like the record a lot. So thank you, man. Thank thanks you. so much for being yeah. part of, the, of this weird thing. Yeah. Thanks for being a good show host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. You too. Uh, Once again, my name is Cody, and thanks for listening to another episode of Weekly EP. I was pretty sleepy when I recorded this episode, and I hope that you couldn't tell too much. Either way, it was a really nice chat with Fatboy Wilson and Old Vieo Bones, and as always, I highly encourage you to check out more of their music and art. Head over to jalopyrecords.bandcamp.com or samoawilson.com and I'll put a bunch of other links in the show notes. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend about it, and please subscribe. Follow and give us a review, all that kind of stuff. It really helps a whole lot. You can also come and say hi on Instagram, where I post images of the guests and the musicians and gear that they use to make their albums. And if you or someone that you know would like to do your own weekly EP, please get in touch. We would love to hear from you.